Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is winning season at my bookie. Use promo code Gators on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your my bookie account. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Gators Breakdown is proud to partner with America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Gators50. Use code Gators50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go right here, day after. Florida's 49-7 to victory over McNeese. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC. And just what we needed. It, it didn't matter who the opponent was. We needed to see Florida get a victory. <laughs> Four straight losses dating back to last season. It was great to get back on the, the winning side of things. Great to be in Gainesville. Great to see uh, so many uh, friends and, and followers. And man, we just had, we had a good time. Had a good time. Night game kind of helps along with that. Get to spend all day in Gainesville. Say hello to Many of you out there, thanks for stopping by. If you did uh, at the tailgate, maybe we can see you this weekend, if not against Tennessee. Uh, but, man, um, just it didn't matter. It didn't matter who the opponent was. It was good to see Florida go out there and get a victory. And, look, well, you know, it's, it's in its own little bubble. We'll take a look at the game in its own little bubble. We know some bigger opponents coming up. But, um, you know, we'll enjoy this one for what it is uh, right there at Saturday night, 49-7 to victory for the Gators to get the first victory of the 2023 season. Hopefully, hopefully many more to come in the coming weeks as SEC play starts next week against Tennessee. Like, subscribe right here on YouTube. Everybody, thanks for hopping on right here. Kind of back in our groove a little bit right here as we uh, have a Saturday game. You know, if we kick the season off on Thursday, uh, but kind of getting back in our groove now. Game on Saturday, episode on Sunday to review it all. Uh, doing it right here live on YouTube. So like, subscribe if you haven't done so yet. Your support goes a long way right here for Gators Breakdown. Uh, GatorsBreakdown.com as well. Plenty of coverage from last night's game. Uh, some key takeaways that we'll get into in this episode as well. Uh, but also hear from Ricky Pearsall and Billy Napier, what they had to say uh, after the game. We'll have Jaden Hill up later. He spoke to the media last night as well. So get thoughts from uh, some guys who stood out last night versus McNeese uh, and get their thoughts right there at GatorsBreakdown.com. Of course, uh, got, got to bring it up as well. Uh, Gators Breakdown Plus, the d- Discord, really, really hot. Keep that conversation going. Link is in the description to join. But also, uh, this week, if you're heading to Gainesville, it's great to be a Florida Victorious member as well. Get 20% off your first month using promo code GatorsBD. But uh, a lot of things going on there, uh, of course, and there are the events that they have on coming up this weekend, the 96 Club annual event that will take place next Sunday uh, at Spurrier's. So uh, an exclusive event, celebration of the 1996 championship team. Uh, and, and being a part of the 96 Club, you get to take part in that right there at Spurrier's uh, and Advisor's Rooftops. So food, food, drinks, all that good stuff, a chance to – Mingle with Coach Spurrier and members of the 1996 National Championship team. That takes place next Sunday in Gainesville, the day after the Tennessee game. Hopefully you celebrate when those 96 um, National Championship members uh, a victory over there uh, past Tennessee, hopefully. So it's uh, free of cost if you're a 96 club member at Florida Victoria. So should be a pretty good time there. Uh, Friday night, I believe, at the Swamp as well. If you're in town the night before the game, 
if you're a Florida Victorious member, you can join us there uh, and uh, for, for, for an event too. So 20% off your first month using promo code GatorsBD for Florida Victorious. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into the game uh, a bit. and like, Let's just go quickly through some stats. Of course, we'll go deeper into what the stats mean right here. But, hey, let's just pop up the general stats for the Gators and McNeese. And, of course, Florida dominating 560 total yards for the Gators compared to 112 for McNeese, 112 yards. We'll get into that, what that meant for that Florida defense. Pretty good numbers. For his recent defensive history goes for the Gators, right? 233 yards passing for the Gators, only 66 for McNeese. 327 yards on the ground for the Gators compared to 46 for McNeese. Fart only four penalties. Uh, that's much better than what we saw uh, last week versus Utah. Of course, being at home, it was going to take care of a whole lot of that. But you're still glad the focus was there for the team. And playing you know, a focus of playing a lot of young guys, a lot of new faces, um, you want to get better in that regard. Being at home is going to take care of a lot of that, but yeah, good to see the guys focus there. Four for 20. McNeese had five for 30. Gators with 33 first downs. McNeese with only six. Gators got much better on third down as well. Five of six, two of 10 for McNeese. Keep it going. 74 total plays for the Gators. Only 40 for McNeese. 7.6 yards of play for the Gators. 2.8 for McNeese. The Gators, 12.9 yards per completion, about 13 yards there, 9.4 for McNeese. Average yards per rush for the Gators, 6.4, 1.8 for McNeese. And then red zone, 6 for 6 for the Gators. Man, that was a big, big improvement from last week, right, and from last year. So Gators uh, doing what they're supposed to do in a game like this. You see all these stats, and they look, I say it all the time, you got to get credit for what you're supposed to do as well. Gators did that in, in the red zone as well. Six for six in the red zone for the Gators. Six touchdowns, too, by the way. Not settling for any field goals when you're in the red zone. 36-09 time of possession for the Gators. Big advantage there. Uh, unfortunately, one turnover for Florida. Not getting any either. Uh, so that's two games in a row there for the Gators. Uh, and two sacks for the Gators. Five tackles for loss only compared to no sacks for McNeese and two tackles for a loss for the Cowboys. All right, Florida's offense right here. Yeah, we'll get into it just a bit more. Let me pull them up on my side a little larger so I can put it out there. But, yeah, Graham Mertz, 14-17, 193 yards, one touchdown, 82% completion percentage. Max Brown gets into the game. Michael Leon gets in the game as well. Both those guys, two for three. Ricky Pierce all leads the way at receiver. Six catches, 123 yards, one touchdown. Had the 50-yard catch as well, of course. Targeted seven times. Trey Wilson, four catches, 36 yards. Good to get the true freshman involved even more, making his first star, of course, of his career. Aiden Mizell gets his gets involved as well. Two catches, 25 yards. Jonathan Odom, two catches, eight yards. So uh, not much as of Odom, especially the yards after the catches we saw last week versus Utah. ETN with a catch, Trayon Webb with a catch, of course, as well. Two running backs. Artis Bordingham gets involved with a very tough, tough run after the catch. One catch for eight yards, but that was a pretty impactful, tough eight yards there if you're a, a McNeese defender. So, <laughs> uh, Bordingham finally getting involved there for the Gators. Uh, going to rushing, of course, that's where that's where the goal is uh, in this game. Montreal Johnson. 15 attempts, 119 yards, two touchdowns, had a long of 19. ETN, 11 attempts, 84 yards, one touchdown for him as well. Ben Johnson, 7.9 a carry. ETN, 7.6 a carry. Go to Trayon Webb. You expected the true freshman to get involved a lot more this game than he did last game, and of course, he does not disappoint. 14 carries, 71 yards, two touchdowns for the true freshman. Trey Wilson, yeah, I like the little carry that he got. We'll get into that too in just a bit. One attempt. Rushing for 18 yards. There's, uh, of course, um, uh, battle four carries, 12 yards. Joseph three carries, 15 yards. Graham Mertz three catches, uh, three 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 rushes, eight yards. But overall for the Gators, seven rushers, 51 attempts, 327 yards, six touchdowns on the ground, 6.4 yards a carry. You know, Graham Mertz touchdown, of course. After that. 
Wilson run at the goal line. And then let's take it to the Florida defense. Shamar James, man, tell you what, I love what I'm seeing at linebacker right now for the Gators and him leading the way once again. Six total tackles. We'll get into more detail about that too. Uh, Jaden Hill with five, Bryce Thornton with four, Jaden Hill with a nice pass breakup too as well uh, earlier in the game. Uh, Castell getting a lot of snaps, three tackles for him. Scooby Williams with three impactful, impactful plays there. Pyburn three, Cam Jackson with three, Princely with two, and a, a tackle and a half for a loss as well. TJ Searcy still as a true freshman getting involved along with Kelby Collins, two tackles a piece right there. As you're watching the YouTube version, you can see all the rest of the graphics, but there's your top performers on defense as far as just pure stats go, but we'll get into that a little bit more as well. So, look, it's clear what Florida wanted to do in this game, especially bouncing back last week, the run game not going, not uh, playing to the identity that we mostly thought Florida would have. It struggled, struggled last week. So no surprise to see Florida coming out uh, and doing what they did and what they wanted to do in in, in this game. And after struggling against Utah with a total of 31 yards last week, Trevor Etienne, Montreal Johnson, strong showing uh, against McNeese. Those two combined – 203 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Troyon Webb, of course, another 71 yards, two touchdowns. Um, that's 327 yards, 51 carries. A positive sign for Florida's offense, you know, especially considering Kingsley out again at center. Um, there was a healthy rotation up front, too. I hope you guys noticed that. And Lindell Hudson, plenty, plenty of snaps at right tackle early and often. He had 40 snaps. Uh, George went and played some left tackle. Leonard eventually played some center. So Florida was moving pieces around along the offensive front, you know, something against an opponent like this, uh, that's all all good and well to see. You want to see things like that. But Hudson, the first time he's you know, available to play, uh, he's in there playing a lot of snaps there at right tackle. So I'm eager to see what the lineup maybe looks like moving forward. I mean, he played a lot of snaps at right tackle, played you know, like you're supposed to against an opponent like this. And I want to see if there's a, a rotation there. Does this game change anything as far as Florida and they're starting five, especially if Kingley's back next week as well. So, uh, but I do think we you know we saw plenty of combos uh, right there along the offensive line there for the Gators, and it didn't really matter who <laughs> was, was out there They're pushing McNeese around what they should. Uh, plenty of times, I mean, the, the the backs they did not get touched till hit the second level, getting 15 yards down the field before they'd even get hit. I mean, that helped Florida have nine runs that gained more than 10 yards. Nine runs that gained more than 10 yards. 19 yards, 13, 11, 22, 18, 15, 15, 12. The first three were on the first drive. A 19-yard run, a 13-yard run, an 11-yard run. You knew right away Florida was going to have success on the ground. Uh, perhaps the best one, though, I'm going to go back to it, go back to the true freshman, just because I like the play call. It was something a little different than what we've seen from this staff, but the 18-yarder with Trey Wilson taking a direct snap Sprinting outside left, getting all the way down to the goal line. Graham Mertz scores on the very next play. So love that call. Love getting him involved in in, in that fashion. I think we know he's going to be an electric playmaker uh, for Florida. And uh, you know, finding ways to get him the ball, and this time in the backfield. I think we expected that. I think Florida needs to get – no, we'll see. Uh, playing the opponent, played into this. When the competition ramps up, I think we know Florida's probably got to get a little creative in the run game uh, to help that run game out. If it's anything like it was against Utah when SEC play starts, we know the competition is going to be a bit harder. Florida's not going to do what they did against McNeese week in and week out. Uh, but now you put that on tape, teams will have to prepare for that. But I do think Florida, especially with Wilson, you know, try to get creative in the run game a bit. You know, if they got to go outside more than we have seen it in the past, uh, that can be an option there. But uh, that play, I mean, it was just. You see it right away, just how fast he is, how explosive he is, how much of a mismatch he can be uh, out there in Florida, finding ways to put the ball in his hands. you got to like that. And it's a true freshman as well. I mean, we, college football, it, it doesn't really matter anymore. I know we can sit here and chain, you know, say true freshman um, may have a hard time adjusting. And especially Wilson, you know, coming in, did not go through spring, came in late, started spring also a little hampered by a hamstring. Uh, but looks A-OK right now and is making his impact felt. Uh, may not know the whole playbook, may not know every nuance of the offense, but you know 
you got to get the ball in his hands. He makes good things happen. It's a, it, it, and it's a safe play. Safe play for Florida to get yards, whether it be him in the backfield, whether it be him maybe now in motion, taking a sweep handoff, also the short yardage passes that he's taken for, for Yak. I mean, there's safe plays for Florida to keep the chains moving. So I think uh, finding ways to get Wilson the ball, I mean, I tell you, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a sight to see. I, I, I really enjoy it. And so far in two games, how much they're trying to get him involved and in different ways uh, they're trying to get him involved. But, uh, I mean, the – you know, it uh, going back to the offensive line uh, a bit. I like seeing the different faces, the different pieces uh, along there. Florida's going to need it. I think maybe they're still trying to figure out the best five. Uh, I know George struggled last week, but then you know gets to start and moves over. Maybe fi- trying to find some combination there uh, along the offensive front that can really help this run game take the next step uh, and or take the next step from the Utah game last week. Uh, but uh, so far, so good on bouncing back from that, finding the identity of this team. And we, we knew that. We knew that was probably going to be the case in this game. Florida could, should be able to do almost whatever they wanted to, especially on the ground when that's what you've recruited for, what you've built for, uh, how you want to identify as your team. You got the two good running backs there. Uh, but being able to do it up front, um, no matter who the opponent was, uh, hopefully it's some kind of confidence booster uh, for those guys. But uh, like seeing it. Um, we'll get into the passing game here uh, a bit as well. But coming into the game, bouncing back from last week, that disappointment it was good to see Florida just have that single focus. The ton- the tunnel vision of just getting the ball, getting the ball, good ground game going, and Florida did it ever, ever so good. All right, we'll get to the passing game in just a second. But, man, it's football. There's a lot of football to bet on now. That through two weeks of college football, you're starting to see some trends a little bit. Maybe we'll see what happens, but uh, maybe you start feeling good about some of those college teams out there. NFL now starting and get your bets in there as well. And as a better, you demand perfection and, and my bookie delivers NFL college football and a brand new cash out system that gives you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit will cash out early. Use the funds on another bet or let it ride for a chance at a bigger payday. Join the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with odds boosts, free bets, and super contests. This season, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code GATERS on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Bet your deposit amount once, and you're ready to cash out at any time. Again, that's promo code GATERS to claim your cash deposit bonus. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. Gators Breakdown is proud to partner with America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. And I received my meals not long ago, come in that cardboard box, and I got the ice packs in it. Even in this hot Florida sun, it stays fresh in that box. Don't worry about it. It is fresh right there at your door. I need all the time I can get. It saves me so much time, especially this busy football season. Now school back in session, too. If you got family, the time is ever so more important right now. HelloFresh wants you to have it all. Free time, easy, and fresh, tasty food. So while they take care of the meal planning and deliver the ingredients, so everything you need to whip up a delicious meal arrives right at your door. When you need dinner fast, fast don't call for delivery. Think HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Gators50. Use code Gators50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Get your time back. One more time. HelloFresh.com slash Gators50. Use code Gators50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Get your time back with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, let's go to the passing game, everybody, and... A clean 14-17 for Graham Mertz, or 193 yards, and an observation, not a critique. And I know we're, we're going to talk about it. Still not, still not much down the field. Uh, but McNeese playing three high a good bit most of the night. And, and Florida, of course, was concentrating on getting that run game going. Um, so limited opportunities anyway, just because of what Florida wanted to do on offense. I know there's the times of, you know, take what the defense gives you, and all, and that was part of it. I mean, McNeese was playing three high a lot, but at the same time, we know Florida wanted to come in and, and pound the ball. So 14-17 to 17 there for Graham Mertz. 193, eight different receivers caught the ball, and 156 yards come after the catch. 
something a bit different in this offense compared to last season, right? And I'm I'm going to see I'm going to be interested to see moving forward if the downfield opens up as teams may start keying in on the short passing game for Florida. Um, and you know, does receivers get in yak, or if teams will be content with Florida taking their time, linking plays together, play after play? So you know, it, it took a bit, uh, but Graham Mertz last throw of the night, where we saw the downfield fireworks, found a streaking Ricky Pierce saw double move, fifty yard bomb touchdown. Ricky Pierce saw now he's recorded a reception in his thirty consecutive game. Out there, out there as the number one receiver so far, and him, you know, be it's different for him this year as well. I mean, it's much better. I know that last year we wanted to see so many times of, of a catch and run, uh, and the passes were kind of off the mark where he'd have to, you know, turn his body to make a catch and lose his momentum and not be able to have a lot of yards after the catch. Well, a little bit more this year. Uh, therefore, he's involved more in the short game as well than he was last year so far. I'm eager to see if this offense can can keep doing that. We'll keep doing that. Will defense start taking it away? And that's when the downfield downfield shots will open up. Something I'm, I want to look for is Florida puts the short passing game more on film. And look, I know we want to see the downfield shots, but if you want the ball in Wilson's hands, if you want the ball, if you want the running backs involved in the passing game too, you know, this is going to be short by design. Uh, and this really also kind of confirms everything we've heard so far back to spring camp, fall camp that, you know, Mertz, relying, playing really well in those short to intermediate ranges. But at some point, those downfield passers will, will need to be there on a more consistent basis. Um, and he'll need to show that ability. Uh, he was 13 of 15 on passes less than five yards. So 13 of 15 and 14 to 17 overall. So a lot of the yards coming with the yak, uh, of course, not a lot of downfield throws, uh, but playing within the offense right now, taking care of the football, uh, that, that's gonna. If, if you're going to play this style right now, you've got to take care of the football. Uh, and we've seen that. You know, besides the Ricky Pearson, Pierce all in the post game press conference yesterday took blame for the Utah interception uh, there. But uh, you know, now you know it's gonna be in that short to intermediate range. But uh, it was kind of surprising. I mean, I think we kind of knew it looking at it, but looking pure at the numbers, 14 to 17 overall, but 13 of 15 on passes less than five yards. So that was most of the offense, just getting the ball to the playmakers, letting them make something happen. So all that combined with the, you know, rushing the ball extremely well and mostly short passes, the Gators pieced together some long drives. And you know, this would probably be what we need to look for. You know, can they keep doing the long drive? You know, last week it didn't work so well you know, versus Utah does like this you know hopefully some middle ground here uh but some long drives for the gators and good to be able to see them string together the plays and also not shoot themselves in the foot with penalties to be able to keep these drives going but nine plays for 62 yards touchdown and these this is the drive sequence here nine plays to open up the game 62 yard touchdown 11 for 99 touchdown 12 for 75 touchdown 10 for 74 touchdown Seven for 71 touchdown, five for 85 touchdown, nine for 62 touchdown. I mean, seven straight drives to start the game, seven touchdowns. You know, once the reserves were firmly in in the last three drives, it didn't amount to much. Uh, one was a fumble to lead to McNeese's only score. Don't want to see that late in the game, but uh, in the reserves in the game uh, at that point, I'd like to see. It's two games now. Well, I'd like to see Florida with some better start and field position. A punt return is a big part of that. So many, you know, not a lot of caught punt returns right now, letting the ball bounce and getting, you know, down close to the goal line. Florida was able to do some things there, uh, of course. Had that 11 play, 99-yard touchdown drive, but an 85-yard touchdown drive as well. Uh, so better field position, uh, what I'd like to see moving forward there, but be able to, nice to, in this game, be able to see them string that those passes together or those plays together. All right. Graham Mertz is some news or some notes here uh, from uh, Florida here. Graham Mertz, 526 passing yards in his first two career games at Florida, ranked second in program history behind Shane Matthews. 599 to 1990. Uh, they were the only two Florida quarterbacks to eclipse 300 passing yards in their first career games as Gators. Um. Kind of surprising there, <laughs> but uh, 
Mertz opened his career with back-to-back games with a completion percentage above 70%, completing 14 to 17 passes, 82%, 82.4% against McNeese. Mertz has completed 73.8% of his passes, 45 of 61 through two games. In the first half for Florida, they scored four rushing touchdowns in a single half for the first time since September 5th, 2009 versus Charleston Southern. Florida saw four different players score a touchdown in a half for the first time since September 5th, 2015 versus New Mexico State. Uh, we'll go to third down. Uh, mentioned that earlier. This will kind of be the transition from offense to defense, but third down, both sides of the ball. Really, really good for Florida. Third down on both sides, five of six for Florida on offense, averaging third and 5.8 for the game. So about third and six Florida was averaging uh, against McNeese, average gaining 7.3 yards on third down. Love seeing that. Uh, and then three and three, uh, three of three in third and short, that's one to four yards. And one of two on third and long, nine plus. So big, big rebound all around for Florida, but especially on third down offense compared to Utah and McNeese. And then as we transition to the defense and probably where we need to start to see where this defense is, to keep improving on what we have seen from recent defenses at Florida, another great third down performance for the defense. And remember, with defenses passed, didn't matter who Florida was playing, third down was an issue. And now two games in a row, Florida's defense standing up on third down. Two for 10 was McNeese, averaging 6.6 yards to go on third down, gaining only 1.8 yards on third down. So Florida defense doing everything, keeping them in third and long, and then also not letting them get anything on third down. 1.8 yards. Defense produced two sacks on third down as well. Helping along with that average. In overall, dominating performance by the defense. 10 total drives. And McNeese only scores on their last drive as far as a fumble deep in their own territory, of course. Uh, defense did start the game up, giving up nine plays on McNeese's first drive. Uh, that was helped out by a penalty on Princely Human Yellen. But the drive only ended up gaining 33 yards. Um, then five plays punt. Three plays punt. End of half, oh, that's a one-play drive. Three plays punt, four plays punt, two plays safety, six plays punt, six plays punt, one play touchdown. And if you go and look at it, that was the sequence there. I'm going to go back and throw the yardage in there for those drives. To start the game, nine plays, 33 yards, and then five plays, 12 yards, three plays, five yards, then the end of half, uh, in the first half, so one for one, nothing there. To start the second half, three plays minus one yards, four plays 19 yards, two plays minus one for the safety, six for 11, six of 18, one of eight on the touchdown. I mean, pure domination, pure domination. Get into some stats about that as well in just a second about the defense, but yeah. That's what you wanted to see in the overmatched opponent. That's what you wanted to see, what you were supposed to do as a defense. Something we haven't seen, no matter who the opponent was, the last couple of defenses. Look, they set the tone early. Pressure from the first drive. Scooby Williams sacked to end that first drive. Man, his, it was his first career sack and his first career tackle for loss for Scooby. And he and Shamar James, very, very active early and often. Florida's in a much better spot at linebacker than they have been. Much more athletic. And the defensive line, we will call them out too, in a good way. Really doing a good job of keeping those guys clean. Shamars, Scooby, you see it, those guys are attacking. And they're attacking downhill. They're attacking fast. Can't do that unless the defensive line keeps it clean for you. I think we saw it a little bit last week versus Utah in their run game. Saw it again here too versus McNeese. James had six tackles all in the first half on only 16 snaps. <laughs> six tackles on 16 snaps by Shamar James. He led the way there. Jaden Hill was second on the team in tackles with five. And, man, one nice pass breakup from that star position. Something uh, been, 
He's looking good there. Two games in. Definitely got to see more in a big, big, big test versus Tennessee next week. But so far, so good for Jaden Hill. And that move there from outside corner to nickel for him. You know, now, of course, with the, the transfer news of Jadarius Perkins, uh, we got C.C. Reed in there a little bit as well. But Jaden Hill really, really shining at the spot so far. Staying in the defensive backfield, shout out to Jakeem Jackson as well. True freshman, two pass breakups. Ball going his way. He's making the plays. Uh, Princely with a tackle and a half for a loss. TJ Searcy with a half. Freshman Bryce Thornton. Got to point out his play here. So he had a tackle for loss on a second and one play. Second one, a tackle for loss. Makes it where it's third down. Third down and two now for McNeese. They draw a penalty. They're now third and seven. Florida doesn't let them convert. So McNeese in great position. On a second and short, but the true freshman Bryce Thornton right there as a defensive back, making the tackle for a loss and setting up McNeese on a third down and then Florida gets him off the field. So great chain reaction play there from Thornton going from a second and short to now McNeese punting the ball. And also putting together two good games, and I brought his name up last week on the chat. On the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord chat. And Jamari Lyons, two games now, two good games. Probably overlooked too much heading into the season. Self admittedly, overlooked. Right before the season started, I did have somebody ask about him. I asked around, and the response I got was the staff loves where he's at. And through two games, somebody that was overlooked by me, I'll, I'll fully admit it has now played pretty well for Florida up front and adds one more body to make this defensive line deeper up front more than I th- even deeper now with him coming along. Through two games, so that's small sample size, I'll admit it, but I'll also admit he's been more of a factor in two games than I thought he would be. But right before the season, okay, well, maybe it's a player I should start feeling good about. And through two games, I like what I see there. A the big tackle for loss on the safety from him. Right there for Jamari Lyons. So, yeah, I mean, Jackson, McClellan, Banks, Watson, Norman, now Lyons as well. I mean, Florida, deeper up front. Talked about it all offseason, but maybe add one more name to the list that we weren't talking about in spring leading up to fall camp. But now through two games, I think we can add Lyons to that rotation and feel pretty confident about him out there. So I tweeted this last night, and I know a lot of you agreed with it as well. We were talking about it on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord during the game, and it's apparent. Even with all the new faces, even with all the young faces, a lot of freshmen getting playing time. I know it was McNeese. I know it. I don't want to overstate it. I don't want to say it, or I don't want to repeat myself over and over again, but it just didn't matter who Florida was playing on defense. They have not looked this fundamentally sound in quite some time. It's been a bit. In position more. Not taking themselves out of plays. Guys staying in their lanes. Setting the edge. So it didn't matter who Florida was playing. You could forget about Florida sitting sitting the edge or setting the edge the last few years on defense. It didn't matter. You know, guys, a magnet to the quarterback, wouldn't set the edge, would let a quarterback run around the edge, let a running back run around the edge. How many counterplays did we see over the years where guys would just take themselves, the defensive line would just take themselves out of the play, not doing their job? They're more fundamentally sound. They're doing the basics. Now, I, look, I know it, that in and of itself sounds so basic, but I think we took those basics for granted, and it really, really hurt Florida's defense the last few years. Through two games, they are much more fundamentally sound. Tackling's improved. Shout out to Zach Goodall. Great, great stat he put up on Twitter this morning. Florida has missed an average of four and a half tackles per game to start the 23 season. That's per pro football focus. Three versus Utah, six versus McNeese, and two of those were by true freshmen um, for McNeese. So, and look, that's going to happen in those type of games. Comparatively, though, Florida missed 10.2 tackles per game last year. 
So right now, at four and a half tackles per game missed, compared to 10.2 last year, it's about a six tackle per game difference. Now, small sample size, of course. And very tough schedule for Florida last year, but that's taken the whole season into account. Even with the defense kind of getting better the last month of the season last year. But you had your Eastern Washington game. You had your South Florida game as well. So there was a couple of the opponents you should have been able to take advantage of. And as a season, 10.2 last year. Right now, with one very tough game versus Utah. And one cupcake versus McNeese. Four and a half tackles per game right now. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. But, I mean, we can see by our eyes. We didn't need numbers to honestly see that, but great to confirm it here of how much and how better they are at tackling. And the basics, the discipline are just there. Competition will ramp up, and we'll learn much more about this defense, how far they have come along. First two games, passed it with flying colors. But the starting point is so much better. And we'll now we'll see what that starting point, we'll see how it translates, especially with Tennessee coming up. Much different offense, the, the pace they're going to run with. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a sight to behold to see how far this defense has come along in that regard. You know, maybe against Utah, times, sometimes difficulty lining up. We'll see if that happens again here with Tennessee. But, you, I mean, you know you got to be ready for that against them. But all these aspects are better with a new D.C., new faces on defense, younger players on defense, and you see the improvement already. So Hopefully it translates. It's a nice start, nice starting point. We'll see where it goes. First big, gigantic offensive test this week. You know, with Utah missing some of their starters and stuff, you know, still that hangs in the back of your head. But either way, either with Cam Rising or not Cam Rising, you're looking at the Tennessee game and what they can do on offense to, you know, kind of maybe get a full picture of where this defense can go and can be. Uh, through two games so far, still no turnovers for the defense. That's going to, you know, need to pick up in conference play. And that was something the defense was able to do last year. Uh, if there was one thing you could pick last year that they did pretty good, and that was creating turnovers. And that's a nitpick so far in two games. And don't get me wrong, you'd love to see it. You'd rather see it than not see it. I'm not concerned. An observation. But through two games, no turnovers yet. But let's go. Let's go to these numbers. Let's go kind of a summary of what this defense has done the last couple. Or last night. Florida posted its best defensive performance in terms of fewest total yards allowed. 112. In 86 games. It's been 86 games since a Florida defense has played this good. 2016 versus North Texas. They had 53 <laughs> total yards of offense. Pretty good defense there, of course, in 2016. 112 yards versus McNeese. 86 games since they've done anything like that. The Gators allowed its fewest passing yards, 66, since September 1st of 2018 versus Charleston Southern. Far allowed its fewest rushing yards, 46, since last year versus South Carolina. So, outstanding performance from the defense. Did what they were supposed to do. Running all over the place. Dominating up front. Saw some pass breakups there. Saw some clean play by your linebackers. A lot of young guys out there making the plays. You like seeing... I, you had to be excited about the future of this defense. We'll see how far they've come along next week, but I think the potential is there. I think we've, it's been a while since we could say that and maybe feel comfortable saying that. So go back, and what do we want to see from last week to this week? We wanted to see a lot of the issues corrected. Penalties, check. Much better in the penalty department. The procedural penalties, being on a lineup at receiver. You know, the things you should easily be able to do of not shooting yourself in the foot with penalties. Florida did that. Improvement there. Now, like as I said, a lot of it's going to take care of itself. You're at home. You're more comfortable. Overmatched opponent, but you still wanted to see the focus there. If the focus wasn't there, that could happen again. It was there. Third down. 
mentioned the stats earlier. Florida much better on third down. Continued it on defense, much better on third down on offense. Red zone production, much better again. Much better this week. A little more creative, I think, especially with the, the Wilson run. We'll see if that expands even more to help this offense in the red zone. Sacks got to the quarterback this time, more so than you did against Utah last week, of course. And then special teams. Still kind of jury out on that. Didn't have to kick a field goal here. I still like to see some of these punts caught more. I mean, I know the you know the rules and stuff, but so many, so many punts are just bouncing. You know, guys are not getting to them. Uh, and you know, I think it could help Florida's field position a bit on offense. Especially if these plays are going to mount up where you got these seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven play drives. Some better field position, I think, can help the offense out there. And I think that starts a little bit. I think would not let so many punt, but punts bounce. You get underneath them, catch them, fair catch them, but too many bouncing in favor of the other team. But all right, there we go. Uh, looking forward to next week. I don't know if you guys saw the line or not. Tennessee, eight and a half favorites right now. A week out from the game. Vols coming to the swamp. Joe Milton at quarterback. Tennessee did not look all too great yesterday. Looked much better week one versus Virginia. But not a... They look human. Look, look, look somewhat human <laughs> on... Uh, uh, on Saturday. So, eight and a half. That's where it sits at right now for Tennessee coming to the swamp. All right, let me... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see a lot of comments there. Thanks for joining, guys. Adam Mauer brings up a good point. Uh, Florida could have you know another touchdown in a different form, fashion, but Dante Xander starting over... Boardingham, he says, I saw that guy on the field, and he was massive and fast. Yeah, the word I've gotten is the tight end group as a whole had issues of the dropsies. Uh, we saw Xanders now drop an easy touchdown catch in the end zone. Um, we saw what Boardingham did, and it was kind of that up-and-comer riser throughout spring camp, kind of settled. That, that, that talk kind of calmed down in fall camp. Uh, but hopefully with more reps, so we can get him there. Odom, of course, I think, you know, we know what he can do um, as healthy. He a reliable pass catcher, but I think if you can get him and boarding handle on the field at the same time, might be a little bit better as far as uh, pass catching and then yak goes. Uh, let's see. I mentioned special teams earlier, right? They, they had to miss the extra point. Uh, Florida was chasing for a little while, so they got the safety later in the game. Um, so if you just look at the score and you see 49-7, to 7, you probably think, okay, there's seven touchdowns and seven extra points. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> did not work out that way. It did not work out that way. Harrison does bring up a good point. Jakeem and Jaden almost had picks. Yeah, and, and Moore almost had a pick versus Utah last week as well. So you want to see these oh-so-close interceptions. Hey, maybe. Maybe Saturday versus Tennessee. We know they're going to put the ball in the air. We know they're going to try and take advantage of Florida. They're going to run the ball too. But I think with how close Florida has been in that regard, Milton is not hooker. Not as accurate. I don't think the decision-making is quite there either at the Hendon Hooker level. Maybe Florida gets their hands on one versus Tennessee is going back, going back the other way, or at least at least get the turnover, at least get the turnover. All right. Hey, everybody, thanks for hopping in here on this live episode of Gators Breakdown. Oh, I'm trying to go through them here, guys. Sorry for the... Adam Maurer brings up another point. You know, Mertz, decent game manager, and hey, look, that was... I'll go back to what we said last week, and when he was brought in, if Florida could run the ball, that's okay. It is okay. If Florida can't run the ball, I don't know if it'd be enough. History says it's not in a Billy Napier offense. 
Hopefully it can be. I mean, hopefully we don't have to find out again. Hopefully the run game's there is helping him out. But there will be times where he's going to have to be the guy making the plays when the run game's not there. Or for a stretch of a game, the run game's not there. There's a third and seven, third and eight, third and nine. He's going to have to convert because the run game couldn't get going. But yeah, game manager for sure, and that's fine as long as Florida's running the ball. I mean, look, we're not asking Florida to go win a national championship this year. If Florida's running the ball, he can be a game manager. That's good for probably seven wins at minimum if the run game's there. All right. Going through here, throwing here. Kelvin Davis, Cersei is bad. Yeah, man, I'm glad we got him. We got him for some, yeah, him for some time, right? Right. And if he keeps playing like this, only three years. <laughs> I mean, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's good to see a true freshman be able to come in at that position on the defensive line and and, and be that impactful already. But yeah, I see a lot of you mentioning the Tennessee game and just how big it is. It, it, it is a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure here. Matthew Walker brings it up. Florida did what they were supposed to do. Like Dave said, Tennessee doesn't look unbeatable after how they performed versus Austin P. Yeah, they certainly look beatable. Now, we've seen teams, and Kentucky is one of these teams that does it. And they did it yesterday, Eastern Kentucky, probably, you know, a closer win than probably it should have been. But they'll have those games where they just don't look good versus that level of opponent, but then still able to you know put it together when the lights roll, when the big game lights roll. Uh, Kentucky's been able to do that versus Florida the last few years. Maybe Tennessee, you know, opened the season against Virginia. You got the cupcake sandwiched in between. I'm sure some of it is them overlooking. Austin P, but you'd still rather be firing on all cylinders. But at the same time, it did show us, yeah, they're not invincible, uh, and they're not what they—they're not what they were last year. I mean, I, I stand by that, and that doesn't mean Florida goes out there and beats them, but they're not the same team. They're not as good as they were, they were last year. It is a winnable game at home where Florida does play much better so far under Billy Napier. All right. One more from Nathaniel. I know last night was a cupcake, but the past few years, even the cupcake game has been a struggle, so it was nice to see us play well the whole game. Special teams, still special. Yeah, not so special teams. That is for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to gauge everything out of, you know, with these overmatched opponents. Well, we don't got. We don't have to wait much longer. We'll get. We'll get our answer. We'll get our answer. But taking this game in its own bubble, I thought for the most part, Florida did what they were supposed to do. Uh, Austin, I, I kind of talked about it earlier. Thought on Hudson and maybe battling George for that starting right tackle spot. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that was, I think Hudson probably played more, uh, probably played a little more than I thought he would at that spot. And even maybe earlier in the game, you know, given the offensive line struggles versus Utah, Think maybe keeping those pieces together as much as you can to get the reps, you know, with George at right tackle and guys, the, the you know the position they played on the offensive line versus Utah, played that position more against an opponent like this just to get the reps together. But that wasn't the case, and maybe, maybe it might be because Hudson is more of a threat there to take some reps away from George. I know you go back to last year and how it worked out for Austin Barber. You know, Tarquin goes down. 
he comes in, shows his ability, and then you have a rotation there on the right side of the offensive line last year. And maybe maybe it's something we see like that. Maybe they rotate the guys. Uh, maybe more of an identity thing if you know Florida is deciding to run the ball more or pass the ball more, you may flip those guys out. All right, but man, I am ready. Now I'm ready for next week. It'll be big, big, big time atmosphere in the swamp. I'll talk about it this week a little bit when we do the Tennessee game preview, but it's a little bit of desperation mode, I think, a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can be even more desperate after you lose, if you lose to Tennessee and Kentucky coming up in a a couple weeks, but being at home, in front of the fan base, there's there's a lot of pressure here on this one. A lot of pressure. You know, last week we were able to kind of stew on the Utah loss a little bit because of who you were playing. Now, we're pretty much ready to turn the page. First, SEC game at 23 at home. Tennessee at home. It's a rival at home. Top 10 opponent coming to the swamp. It's uh, It can be a reversal of fortune for Florida. You can feel a little bit better about this team. Go play well versus Tennessee and come out with a dub. So it sets up a it sets up a huge, huge game. Huge game for Florida. It's gonna have that big game feel because of well, it's Tennessee, top ten team, and just because the situation Florida finds themselves in. Really needing to bounce back from that first game. All right, guys, thank you so much for hopping on right here on Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.